Okay, so we are starting a new series this month, which is November, uh, which is the month of Thanksgiving, which you already knew because you know that. Uh, and the series is called Thank Goodness because we're going to talk about being thankful, but also about what it means and what it means to live a thankful life, what it means to have a thankful heart, what it means to treat other people better, what it means to be like this all year long, not just because there's a holiday with a lot of turkey telling you to be like this. Um, and so I want to talk about this. I'm going to go to Luke 17, 11 through 17, because nothing gets you more in the Thanksgiving spirit than talking about lepers. So we're going to go to Luke 17, uh, 11 through 17. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So basically, uh, Jesus was traveling around doing what he did. He was loving people. He was helping people. He was teaching to people. He was performing miracles. And he's on the border of Galilee and Samaria. So right away, this is something that is crazy at the time because uh, the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they didn't think that anyone else other than them, other than their people, other than the people in that area of Israel, uh, deserved to have God. And Jesus is going out to places like Galilee and Samaria, which was very hated by the Jews, very hated by a lot of people. And yet he didn't care because he loved God and he loved others. And he was doing everything he could to show that, to live that out, to be that example. And so as he's walking, uh, he sees, probably from a ways off, uh, this group of 10 lepers. So if you don't know what leprosy is, leprosy is essentially a skin disease that eats away at your flesh. Uh, you can look up pictures. I don't encourage you to. Leprosy does still exist. Uh, not as bad, probably, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, at the time, though, it was basically a death sentence because there weren't hospitals. There weren't, like, super awesome medical care. There wasn't a lot of stuff uh, in medicine. There weren't vaccines. There weren't uh, doctors walking around being able to, to have medical knowledge, all this stuff. Now, there was health stuff, and there were people that, like, you didn't automatically die when you got sick, but it was very different. Uh, and, and so having leprosy, you were kicked out of town, basically. You were treated as a leper. You were treated as worthless. You were treated as nothing. You were supposed to just stay out there away from everybody because it was also very contagious. And so you had these ten that hung together. Some of them were probably Jews. Some of them were probably Samaritans. Some of them were probably from other places. But that didn't matter anymore. And that's the first thing I want to say. When the going got tough, when their lives were awful, when everything was falling apart, everything that was different about them no longer mattered. Uh, one of the greatest movies of all time is Independence Day, uh, and that is starring Will Smith. It's one of his first major ones. I have a point. I promise it ties into Thanksgiving. Uh, and so the point is, though, so in Independence Day, uh, the world is the world. Like, everybody kind of hates each other. Not as bad as now, but it's still what it is because it was before social media and the Internet. But still, everybody kind of hates each other. They're all against each other. There's all the borders of the countries and religious differences and race differences and all of these different things. And then all of a sudden, this threat comes to everyone. Aliens come to, like, destroy major cities. And so this is all happening. And if you've seen the movie, you've seen the scenes of destruction and everything's falling apart. And then... <clears throat> everybody comes together because there's one thing like everybody is suffering everybody realizes hey the fact that we don't speak the same language doesn't matter as much because we're both suffering because we have this in common the fact that that uh, we don't agree on religion the fact that we don't look the same the fact that we don't think the same the fact that we don't believe the same the fact that we're different genders the fact that whatever else uh, that doesn't matter because we have this to fight against. We have this to rise together against. And so that's what the lepers are doing. It's kind of this cool little thing. Now, I'm not saying go get leprosy so that you can love everybody. Don't do that. But that is what they are doing. Now, they weren't probably there praising God or praising Jesus necessarily, although they're about to. Uh, they probably complained because we all complain. Uh, we, I want to say, 
It's normal. It's natural. It's human to complain. If you complain all the time, whatever. But if you let that be who you are, and so every time you look at something, you only look at the negative point of view. Every time you talk to someone, you only see the negative point of view, etc. That's going to truly affect your personality. It's going to affect how you see other people. And if you're constantly expecting disappointment, you're going to find it. Um, I have a friend who uh, sees a lot of movies like I see a lot of movies, except he goes into a lot of movies expecting to hate them, looking for things that are wrong with them. I go into movies looking for enjoyment, looking for ways to kind of escape or to be entertained. And it's very different with how we respond to that. Uh, because we'll both come out, we don't go together because we don't live in the same place, and I go to movies alone anyway. But we, we both come out and we talk and about it, and, and he will be very like, well, this happened, this happened, this is awful, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's not that I never pick apart movies, usually DC, but other movies that are bad. Um, I can do that. But with movies that I love, even if there are flaws, it's, I love them. And I'm like, they told a story and they, they did well. Uh, and so it depends on why they mess up, etc. But the point is, if you go into something thinking that way, that's how you're going to think. That's how you're going to respond. If you go into a test expecting to fail, you're probably going to fail. Uh, now, if you go into a test expecting to pass, but yet you've never studied, you've never opened your book, it's still got the plastic over it, you're still probably going to fail. You'll just be more surprised at the end. Anyway, so the lepers are standing together. The lepers are standing together, and they're dying. They're literally dying. And they see Jesus. Immediately, they show their faith. They yell out, Master, have mercy on us. And you're like, well, they have, that's their last ditch. Like, what else are they going to do? They're lepers. Like, they have no point. They would not have done this with a Pharisee because that would have been death to speak to someone else like that. But they knew Jesus even from afar. They could feel his heart. They knew his, uh, who he was from, from stories, from maybe from experience, maybe from hearing him talk before, whatever. They knew who he was. They knew that he was love. Uh, maybe they didn't know that they'd be healed, but they had that hope because of him. Like I said, most people, they wouldn't have yelled out because they would have been put to death or even worse. Uh, and so we go to the next part. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. This is one of the shortest uh, ways to heal someone that has happened in the Bible. Now, from time to time, he would say, go home and do this or, or go and do this. But this right here. He doesn't even say you're healed. He doesn't say your faith has healed you. He doesn't say, uh, go wash yourselves in this water and be healed. He doesn't say any of that. He says, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, why would he say that? Why wouldn't he say heal? Why wouldn't he say have faith? Why wouldn't he say, are you a Christian? Should I talk to you? Or are you a Jew? Should I talk to you? Do you believe like me? Why would he just say, go and show yourselves to the priests? Because, as I said, they can't show themselves to anyone or they're dead. Like, they're done. And so for them to do that... They have to show faith to him because he's like, go show. And so if they're going to go show, then they have to believe that they're going to be healed. And so as they walk away, they're healed. And this is such a miracle, such an amazing thing. Imagine that you have a death sentence on your head. Imagine that everything is going poorly. Imagine that everything is falling apart. Imagine if literally your skin is falling off and your arms are falling off and, and everything is just breaking all over. And then Jesus comes along and says, go talk to that person over there. Now, at first, we're probably like, I don't know if I want to do that because I'm embarrassed by how I look or how I feel or I'm embarrassed by what I'm going through. But if you do it and you follow what Jesus says and you realize you're healed, imagine the joy there. Imagine the, the deliverance. Imagine what that meant for their lives. It meant they had life. It meant they had faith because they all went to go do it. And so the next verse, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. 
Jesus asked, Did I heal, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? So I've said this before, I'll say it again. Uh, the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. Uh, both of them hated each other. The Jews, I've said this again before, uh, hated the Samaritans so much that they were taught, like, hey, if a Samaritan woman is giving birth, don't help her because the, the best case scenario is you're bringing another Samaritan into the world. That's hatred. That's like ridiculous, wrong hatred. And there's a lot of reasons they hate each other. None of them are legit. They just hated each other because they disagreed. They hated each other because they were different. They hated each other because they had slightly different beliefs or slightly different looks or whatever. The same reason we always hate each other and it's always stupid. But they hated each other. And some of these guys were Jews, some of them were Samaritans. Like I said, uh, the fact that a Samaritan stayed behind does not mean that the Samaritans are better in all cases. It doesn't mean anything. It means this person here came back to thank him because he was different than the other ones. They all had faith in Jesus. And that's an important thing because you can read this and you can take it a couple of ways. So you can take this part of the scripture and be like, okay, so Jesus came and he took time and he took effort and he took the, the miraculous power of God and he healed 10 people and only one of them thanked him. Those other nine suck. That, that you, somebody could do that. Somebody could say that. I don't believe that though. Because again, all 10 of them went off in faith. There weren't any of them that said, I don't know, Jesus. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I really trust you. They all went to talk to the priests. And again, that's a death sentence. And so... All of them went off. Um, I'm going to preach next week on Sunday morning, and I'm not going to step too much into that, and part of it is I don't know exactly what I'll say until I say it. But one of the things that I've thought about a lot this year and last year and every year of my life, but especially these last two, is how often as Christians we say, be like Jesus. We say, you should be like Jesus. We say, I want to be like Jesus. We say, hey, you, go be like Jesus. And how rare it is to truly follow through on that. Because, yes, part of Jesus, part of being like Jesus is knowing the scripture. Part of being like Jesus is worshiping God. Part of being like Jesus is uh, doing your best to live without sin. That is true. But we look at the rest of what Jesus did. And we look at the fact that he stopped to talk to 10 people who, if they touched him, now obviously Jesus is different, if they touched any of the disciples, give them leprosy. Now Jesus not scared about things like that like we are, but he stopped to talk to 10 people, otherwise wouldn't talk to, anybody else would talk to. He stopped to talk to a woman at a well who otherwise people wouldn't talk to. He stopped to talk to these disciples who sometimes were kind of dirty and maybe weren't that smart, but he saw something in them and other people ignored them. He didn't. He always stopped to talk. He always loved. And that's the part we always miss. Not always. That's the part we often miss. That is being like Jesus. And so I say that to say, all ten of these people, I believe, believe in Jesus. I believe they were all Jesus followers. Technically, the term isn't Christian at that point, but they followed Jesus. They believed in him. They loved him. So we'll call them Christian. I believe all ten of them were. I believe that everyone who goes to church tries to be a Christian, tries to be like Jesus. Now, some people go because they have to. Some people go because it looks good. I get that. But I'm saying I believe that if you take everything else out, the intent is to be like Jesus. Do I think that every single person in every single church in America lives like Jesus? I do not. Because I have social media and I can see TV and I have talked to people before. They don't. But that one out of ten, that one out of ten really gets it. That one out of ten really gets it. The other nine, they believe and they Maybe they're doing the best. Maybe they're trying. Maybe they're just not there yet. Maybe they just see it a different way. Um, maybe they think that it shouldn't be for everybody. Whatever. 
But that one out of ten really gets him. And so what's my point? My point is not to denigrate. It's not to slam the other nine. Because I don't know their lives. I know that they had faith in him. And that's important. That's a major step. So I wouldn't question their faith. Because when he said, again, go and see the priest, they went and did it. They didn't hem and they didn't haw. They didn't stop. They didn't go somewhere else. They didn't check a mirror. They didn't heat the sand really hot and make a mirror because it's probably the only way to get one right then. Um, that's how you make glass, in case anybody didn't know that. Um, anyway, they went, all of them. But that one, that one was more like Jesus, and so he had a thankful heart too. Uh, he trusted in him. He, he, he had something more. His relationship was closer, whatever it is. And again, this doesn't. This is not about those other nine because they had faith. And I believe that they believed in him and I believe that they were doing their best. But this one was different. And so what my point is, is not, hey, let's look at those other nine and let's figure out who's not really a Christian and let's check out people's posts and let's listen to people and let's trash them and let's say who's not and who's this and blah, blah, blah. Instead of all of that, which is exhausting, instead of all of that, which is exhausting, be that one. Be that one. Instead of worrying about what the other nine are doing, now set the example for them. Instead of worrying about how the other nine are living out their faith, instead of worrying about how the other nine are talking about being like Jesus, but maybe not being like Jesus, be like Jesus more. Be that one. Stand up like that one. That's what it means to have a thankful heart. That's what I wanted to do with this series. That's what I wanted to talk about this week. That's what I want to talk about in this series because we're nearing the end of another year. And it is insane to me that we are in November 7th because I'm very old and time goes very fast now. And it's nuts because it was just yesterday, like April 7th. And it's crazy that now it's November 7th and that that is multiple months apart. I know how many, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, but it's crazy. It's crazy that time has gone this fast, and it's crazy that it's almost Thanksgiving, and it's crazy that it's almost Black Friday, and it's crazy that it's almost Christmas, and it's crazy that it's almost 2022. And in my head, and I believe Tara and Rob and Carol can kind of say amen to this a little bit, but don't actually say it. Uh, in my head, like 1990 is like five years ago. Now, in practice, it is not. It is very far away, and I'm not going to say how far away it is. But in my head, it's real close. And so when I think, and I'm like, 2022, that's insane. Like, where are the flying cars and blah, blah, all these other stupid jokes old people say. My point is, we never realize how, much, how quickly time goes until we stop and look at how much time has passed. Now, I'm not saying that to scare you because you're all very young and you all have hundreds of years in front of you. But I'm saying that because we all, all of us, Christian children, Christian teens, Christian adults, blah, blah, blah. All of us, at some point or another, think, you know what? Later, I'm going to do better with this. When I have more money, then, then I'll treat people better because I won't have worries. Like, I, I won't have to be so stressed. When I have more time, then I'll go to church more. Or then I'll pray more. Or then I'll, I'll, I'll help people more. When I have... Uh, a home, when I have a wife or a husband, when I have kids, when I get out of college, when I get out of high school, when I get out of middle school, when I get out of the senior living facility, um, when, I, when I get, I guess if you get out of that, never mind, when I get out of whatever, I was pointing at Rob for the record, when I get out of, when I get out of whatever, when I get to whatever, then I'll start really trying, then I'll start really being a Christian, then I'll really be like that one leper. 
then I'll really have faith, and then I'll really have belief, and then I'll really have love, and then I'll really be like Jesus. We all do that. There are adults that have gone their entire lives to church around the world who say that, like, you know what, I'm really trying, and I want to be better, but I'm going to have to wait. I'm going to work on it later. There's always a later. Always. And believe me, I'm a procrastinator. I work really fast, and I work creatively, and I work pretty well, so it's very easy for me to put things off. But this is not something like a story. This is not something like a paper. This is not something like studying for a test. This is how we treat other people. And so these ten all had faith in Jesus. They all believed in Jesus. They all followed what Jesus said. So in that way, they were all like Jesus. And yet one of them was a little more like Jesus. He went that extra mile. He stood up more. And so he was grateful. Now, which one? Now, maybe all of them did. But which one do you think was more likely to talk about what happened? Him, for sure. And like the other ones probably definitely told the people they loved. But I believe that one, the one that stayed, the one that was thankful, the one that went back to talk to him. I believe he was telling everybody. And I believe you could just see it by watching how he treated people. You could see it by how he lived. You could see it by how he loved. You could see it by how he was. That's what we do. You may or may not be a pastor in life. You may or may not be a theologian. You may or may not be a Sunday school teacher or a choir teacher or in charge of everything in the world like Terry. You may or may not be something in the church. I don't know. But you absolutely will be able to be an example. No matter what. You absolutely will be able to love other people. You absolutely will be able to be like the one leper. Without the leprosy, but the one leper who stands up and has a thankful heart. This does not mean that you're going to be perfect because that guy, he probably messed up. That guy wasn't always happy. I don't know him. Let's call him Joe. He was not always happy. He wasn't, I'm sure. He wasn't, like there were probably times that maybe he still felt sore. Maybe he woke up and felt sick and he had a scratchy throat and he caught himself thinking, man, I feel awful today. This sucks. And he's like, wait a second. I was just cured of leprosy. We get like that. All of us here have probably had really good things happen to us. And we're like, this is so awesome. I love my life. I love everything about it. Uh, I love how this is going. And then a week later, we forget all that because something bad happens. That's what life is. But if we stop and we think not of what the other nine are doing, but what we're doing, and we stand up and we say, I'm going to be more like Jesus today. And through my example, hopefully other people will follow. But I'm going to be more like Jesus. I'm going to focus on what I do. I'm going to focus on how I treat other people. I'm going to focus on how I love. I'm going to focus on my relationship with him. And we do that. You'll be shocked how many lives you touch. Because Jesus walked around and he taught. But primarily, he set the example. Now, his miracles were vital. His sacrifice, obviously, is why we're here. Uh, his words... Beyond important. But his example each day is what we can look at. Because we can all do that. The way he treated other people. The way he talked to other people. The way he loved other people. And we see that in this leper. And so when I say, when you go from here tonight, be like a leper. Again, I don't mean get in a contagious skin disease and be put on an island somewhere. Unless that's what you like. What I mean is, Stand out from the crowd, not because you want to stand out from the crowd, but because you want to be so much like Jesus that that's what matters to you. 
And so always err on the side of compassion, always err on the side of humanity, always err on the side of love, always err on the side of being like Jesus, because that is why we are here. And the more you are like Jesus, the closer you get to Jesus, the more the rest will kind of come into play, the more the understanding, the more the reason, the more the theology, the more the, the, the scripture, all of that will come to you because you're going to be looking for it. But if you start by, I'm going to be more like Jesus today than I was yesterday and yesterday and blah, 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 you're going to find that you're going in the right path. You're going to find that you stand out. Again, not to stand out, but because you are setting the example. You're living the life. You're being like Jesus. And that we can do no matter what our age, no matter what we're going through, no matter where we are. Because all of us have this chance, have this option to do better, to love more, to be more like him. And so that's what we do. That's all I got.